Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by italki. And with italki, you can improve your English in three ways. One way is that you get a teacher who will teach you lessons and give you a guided study program and practice and all that stuff. That's one way. The other way is that you find a native English speaker who will basically talk to you in English and help you uh, and help to share their language with you. And that's the second option, which is cheaper than the first one. The third way is that you use italki to find a language partner. That's probably a native English speaker who wants to learn your language. And you get together with them and you speak in English sometimes and you speak in your language sometimes. And that's free. And all of those different things are available with italki. And uh, so check it out at teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. And if you buy some lessons or some uh, some speaking time, then italki will send you a voucher, which is worth $10. And you can use that as a discount in the future. Okay. Uh, so that's the promo and here now is the new episode so here is the jingle you're listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk hello welcome back to luke's english podcast thank you very much for choosing to listen to this episode how are you you doing all right? Are you ready to listen to some more English conversation? Yes, you are? Good. Excellent. Very glad to hear it. I'm assuming, of course, that you all said yes to that. And that's why you're listening to this. So, let's get started. Um, and it's January. It's still January while I'm recording this. It is the New Year period still. And it's normal at this time to look forward to the year ahead and to think about the future in general. So, in this episode, I'm talking to my dad about technological developments that we can expect to see and read about in the coming months and years, and the implications of those developments. Now, of course, neither of us are experts in the field of technology. My dad is a broadcast journalist, and I'm an English teacher, but we both like to keep fairly up to date on technological issues. And since CES happened earlier this month in Las Vegas... Uh, CES, by the way, is the Consumer Electronics Show, where all of the latest tech products are presented. So since CES, uh, there has been quite a lot of coverage in the media about new technology. My dad's been reading about it, I've been reading about it, and maybe you've been reading about it too. So let's talk about it. And that's exactly what we're going to do. And that's what you will hear in this episode. Two blokes talking about technology including some bits about driverless cars, green energy, drones, virtual reality headsets, augmented reality, and super-intelligent computers that talk to you in that slightly threatening and disturbing-sounding voice. You know what I mean? Like, um, good morning, Mr. Thompson. Did you sleep well? I've noticed that you're late with your banking payments, Mr. Thompson. It's the third time this year. I'm afraid I'm going to have to turn off your oxygen supply unless you pay the outstanding credit on your account, Mr. Thompson. You know, that kind of slightly evil-sounding robot voice. But anyway, without getting too carried away with the pop culture science fiction references, um, let's talk about technology in the future. And as I said, we're not experts, but I'm sure that I have many tech-minded listeners who know a thing or two about this subject. So if you have anything to add to this conversation, then I invite you to write your comments and predictions in the comments section on my website. From a language point of view, you're going to hear a lot of terms relating to technology, of course, but also the natural conversational English that you've come to expect from episodes of this podcast. Also, watch out for different grammatical ways in which we refer to the future and make predictions. Um, if you're interested in transcribing this episode as part of the Orion transcription team, 
just go to my website and click transcripts. All the details are there. So if you're ever interested in doing a transcription, go to the website, click transcripts in the menu, and all the information should be there for you. The transcription team is growing all the time, and it's a great way to get some intensive language practice while helping to add value to my website by working together with other podcast listeners. And don't worry, you don't need to transcribe an entire episode. What happens is the episode gets broken up into three-minute chunks, and all you need to do is just transcribe your three minutes. Everyone else does their bit, and ultimately the, the episode is fully transcribed and then available for other listeners to look at. Okay, so without any further ado then, here is a conversation with my dad about technology and the future. This is the Rick Thompson Report with Rick Thompson. Right, so hello, Dad. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you, Luke. How are you? Very well, thank you very much. Uh, weather report? We have to horrible. Start. Really? It's it's a lot of Europe has had very cold weather the last few days. You know, there's been snow in Greek islands, and you know, very cold in southern Italy, and uh, you know, all that. But here in Britain, we've had um, the usual kind of Atlantic weather coming in, and it's grey and it's drizzly, but it's not particularly cold. It's just a little bit gloomy. Okay, it's been freezing here, but it's warmed up a little bit now. Hmm. You know, we've been uh, my feet have been cold for about four days. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's not that bad. It's it's not like living in Siberia or something where it's minus. no, it isn't. They've had minus thirty degrees in Moscow this week. Have they really? Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. You know what? I was I was talking uh, about this to a colleague of mine uh, on Saturday as we were huddled around the freezing teachers' room. Although it wasn't freezing, it was just less. It was just slightly too cold to be comfortable. You know that kind of lazy coldness that you get in 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 England or in France. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether there's different types of coldness. I, I think, think there is. It's just cold. But <laughs> let's say, for example, if you're in in uh, you know the Arctic Circle where it's really freezing, bitterly cold. Here, you never get that kind of all the way to the bone coldness. Here, we just get sort of it's just a bit chilly, isn't it? Yes, it, it, it's also damp cold. I, I I accept that. I mean, I have been in the Arctic Circle. I've been filming in the Arctic Circle, and it was uh, I think it was um, it was about minus twenty eight. Yeah, and it was very bright. And there's something quite acceptable about very cold and very crisp, as long as you're wrapped up warm and you've got two pairs of gloves on. Yeah, um, but damp cold can be just a little bit more miserable somehow. Yeah, just there's something miserable about that humid coldness. And I was saying to to my colleague that I think that there is a a sort of a cut off point in coldness at which um, if you live in a country where it does get to minus twenty, there's probably infrastructure in place to protect you against that kind of cold. So it's going to be quite warm and well insulated indoors. You know, I yeah. found that in, in Oslo when I went there in, in February once and it was freezing cold outside, bitterly cold. But inside it was lovely because they had like triple glazing in the windows and they knew how to deal with the cold. Whereas here they just don't bother to properly combat the cold. Instead, you get these half insulated buildings and single glazing in the windows, really bad design in buildings where the radiator is right underneath the window, you know. You know. Yes, I do know, and and it's um it's up to, it's because we don't have very cold weather very often, so they don't put the effort in, you know or the investment in. But um, you can be assured that climate change is happening. It's all getting warmer. It's quite interesting, really, that that here we are in January in the UK, and for the third or is it the fourth year running? I think it's for the fourth year running. Um, in the middle of England, we haven't had any snow. It hasn't really been winter at all. We're, we're, we're starting to realise that we're not going to get winter as we used to do. Mm. And there are all sorts of other things that are happening, uh, apart from, you know, birds moving into the south of England, which are normally not there, and, and the fish are moving. Uh, in, interesting study recently, which showed that uh, we're getting in our seas the kind of fish that would normally be associated with the Mediterranean. We're getting sea bass and uh, squid, hmm. so uh, it'll be the the fish and chips will be squid and chips in a few years' time. <laughs> we'll basically be eating Italian sort of Venetian yeah, food, won't we? That's right. Yeah. 
Um, okay, right. Now, I thought what we would talk about today is is kind of um, stuff about the future, considering it's the beginning of 2017 here, January. Um, and uh, I thought that we would talk about um, things going on in the future. Now, you've just talked about the environment there, but I thought we could also touch on things like technology, Sort of deftly, yes. avo- deftly avoiding the the geopolitical situation. Um, yes, indeed. We're going to side. We've had enough of that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about technology then, shall yeah, we? Yeah, it's a very topical subject, Luke. I mean, the the there's a huge annual um, show in Las Vegas called Consumer Electronics Show mm-hmm. or the CES, and um, it's where all the big technology companies display their latest you know, prototypes and the things that are going to be launching on the market. Um, and so journalists go there and they've been writing about it. So we, we, uh, we've been hearing about uh, all these different things like um, virtual reality headsets and uh, the driverless cars and, and where, you know, the development of drones and all sorts of other things which are happening really quite quickly. There's some kind of law, and I can't remember what the name of the law is, but it says that, you know, technology progresses exponentially. Hello, I'm just interrupting the podcast here in order to fact check what I've just said. Um, And uh, the law I'm talking about uh, is called Moore's Law. And Moore's Law is a computing term which originated in around 1970, Uh, based on an observation made by Gordon Moore, the co-founder of Intel. The simplified version of this law states that processor speeds in computers or overall processing power for computers will double every two years. So it's doubling every two years, resulting in massive levels of development at an ever-increasing rate. So basically that means computers are getting more and more advanced all the time, and eventually, they will take over the world and make us their slaves, like in the Terminator movies or The Matrix, maybe. Okay, so just fact-checking that. The, the bit about computers taking over the world, that's not really true. That's just the stuff of science fiction. But anyway, that's Moore's Law. So each year, it makes more progress than in previous years, and this progress increases exponentially. It's accelerating. Yeah, but it's accelerating more every year. It's not just, yeah, well, I guess. Accelerate. It's <laughs> hard right. to explain. We'll just settle for accelerating, shall we? Get faster each year. Yeah, but exponential is a nice phrase. Um, yes, it is a nice phrase, but it's a little bit obscure. Anyway, uh, really. things are happening quickly and they're happening more quickly each year. Yeah, Gro- exponential Five. growth. Growth rate, uh, growth whose rate becomes ever more rapid in proportion to the growing total number or size. You're baffling me now. Hey, actually, do you know that uh, this very day, the day we're talking right now, yeah. is the 10th anniversary of the launch of the iPhone. Is it really? By Steve Jobs, yep. And oh, wow. uh, just think how incredibly that's developed in, in just 10 years so that the iPhones can now do everything. They, you know, they could be your, your computer, your video camera, your uh, email, your, you know, everything. Yeah. Um, just in 10 years. So how quickly will we develop in the next 10 years? Um, well, as you say, even faster. Yeah, exactly. Do you have an iPhone, Dad? No, I don't have an I have iPhone. I, I have a, a Windows phone. Um, but that's simply because I'm not particularly interested in surfing the net all the day. I'd rather actually talk to people. Right. Okay. So that works out for you. So, well, it does at the moment. I mean, one of these days I'll give in and, and have an iPhone. But this one's a really smart little phone. It does most of the things I need it to do. It's a Nokia uh, Windows phone. So you're not in a massive rush to get an iPhone? No, I'm not in a massive rush. It's perfectly fine for me. For example, if someone you knew had an iPhone that they were that they <laughs> Are weren't. you offering? Well, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I'll, I'd consider it. Uh, but the... Uh, so the iPhones have obviously changed things fantastically, and they still are, and they're everywhere. Interesting how Africa has embraced mobile phones. It's really changed a lot there, I understand. I mean, I haven't witnessed it myself, but the number of iPhones in places like Nigeria is fantastic, and it has uh, you know, changed their lives a great deal. For the better. Well, yeah, they, you know, we're talking about places that don't have electricity supply and things like that, that, that people can, all they need to do is get somewhere they can charge up their phone and then suddenly they're connected. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Well, it's been very rapid technical development. And, um, you know, a lot of African cities are incredibly well developed now, all, you know, wired up, high speed broadband and everything else. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So uh, what specific stuff should we talk about? How about driverless cars? Yeah, I think that's a really good subject. It sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? And, you and you know, you, you stand there looking at the cars driving past, you think, how can you have driverless cars? Well, um, the the big car companies are really going for it. They, they're trying to develop things as fast as they can. I mean, the two things are electric cars and then driverless cars. Electric cars are still to take off, really, uh, if you understand me, in, in a big way. Mm. Um, but I think they will. So you're asking me to predict things. And I think that in the next few years, maybe we'll see it happening in 2017. I think there'll be more and more people buying electric cars as the – Technology improves, and as you have more and more charging points, mm. um, so that you don't have to worry that you're going to run out of uh, fuel, uh, there's plenty of places to charge up. They're also trying to develop longer-term batteries so that the car will go further. And at the moment, you know, it, it, it'll on a charge, it'll do about 130 kilometers or something, yeah, which uh, is okay to get you to work and back, but uh, people don't feel terribly secure if they know they have to charge it up again after that but it, it's it's developing pretty quickly and um i i think electric cars are a really good idea because of the horrible plague of pollution from cars and uh, it's getting worse and worse in some cities it's dreadful um even where i live in the middle of england our, our town has some streets that are well over the limit and um if we can reduce pollution from cars that would be very good for people's health uh, and also, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's quieter and it's cleaner. But electric cars don't uh, produce as many emissions as cars that burn fuel. But the electricity is still generated uh, by by burning fossil fuel, isn't it? In the it first well, place? you're dead right that that you can argue that you need to generate more electricity and the pollution is much the same but we are seeing the development hand in hand with this with green energy Mm -hmm. and um i I still think that that's got fantastic potential um you probably know that that uh the the fossil fuel lobby is very powerful so the oil and coal industry particularly oil industry is very strong Mm. and it's very it's well established in the infrastructure um, but um, but green energy, uh, I read somewhere, employs more people in the United States now than the coal industry does. Really? Yeah. Wow. They, they've got a lot of solar uh, and some wind in the United States. And yeah. um, obviously they've got the space and they've got the sunshine. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there are all sorts of schemes coming up um, around the coastlines. It's very interesting to see how experimental tidal uh, generation schemes are coming on and the nice thing about tidal power is that it's entirely reliable mm. whereas um, wind energy is unreliable and solar is a little bit unreliable as well but uh, tidal power you can bet your life the tide's going to come in and go out on time as long as the moon is still there <laughs> That's and right. as long as we have sea there will be tides i suppose yes yeah okay no i think that green energy is going to be a big development zone i think that uh, the interesting thing about all these things i mean driverless cars driverless cars well there are assisted cars already so you can take your hands off the wheel and, and ask the car to park and it'll park for you mm-hmm. and there are all these little you know beep beep devices that tell you you know uh that you're getting too close to something and then we'll automatically stop it or mm-hmm. whatever. But the the next step, of course, is to have a vehicle which is programmed to go somewhere. It has technology to make sure it just gets into the right lane and doesn't collide with anything. And you can sit back and uh, put your headphones on, listen to music, read a book, and it'll deliver you to the door. It's not all that far away. Yeah. And um, the the next big stage will be public transport systems, public transit systems. Trams, okay, you, we've already got, uh, you know, automatic trams, but you would go much further than that. And um, I, I can imagine a day in the future when people start realising they don't need their own car. Yeah. Uh, and and it'll be a kind of super Uber where um, there are certain highways that are uh, driverless and you can just call up the nearest vehicle, it'll collect you and it'll deliver you. 
and you pay per mile on your credit card. There are uh, driverless buses in operation in some places already. Did you know about mm. this? In- I, well, I have heard of it, yes. Switzerland. Oh, really? Switzerland, they have a driverless uh, bus. Um, it's a, there's a bit of a story, um, which I'll try and uh, explain to you fairly quickly. So uh, let me just try and find the, the link here on, on uh, my computer. All right, here we go. So this is a story from a website called uh, 2025 AD, uh, which is uh, basically all about automated driving, a website about automated driving. And they're, they're running this story, which... Uh, it's only eight years away. Uh, only eight years away, exactly. And this this is the year, that, according to this website, that automated driving will be mainstream. Um, and so this this was published in June of last year, and it basically says that Switzerland has become the latest country to test the potential of automated buses for improved mobility. And there's this bus that moves around a town in Switzerland, Sion, Sion in Valais, which is in Switzerland. And okay. there's this there's this cute little bus which apparently goes about uh, 12 and a half miles per hour and it fits 11 people in it. And this bus cruises around the streets just like normal cars, but it doesn't have a driver and it just goes around its route picking up passengers and that's it. But uh, the the development of the story is that fairly recently uh, it crashed. Um, it crashed into a van or it, it crashed into a truck Um the, the bus is called Post Bus, and it's been temporarily suspended because uh, it collided with a van uh, in September. So it's still early days that the, the technology, you know, still isn't perfect. And there have been various stories of sort of uh, automated cars crashing, like uh, the, um, what's that super fast uh, electric car called? I don't know. Yes, you do. Super fast electric uh, I can't believe I can't remember the um, the name of the the company. Well, it'll come to you in a minute, but I think mm. it's inevitable that uh, you know this Tesla, um, this kind of technology will happen. Oh yes, the Tesla. Tesla. I've heard of that. Te- the Tesla crashed, didn't it? Well, yeah, it had a few hiccups. That's th- for sure. I think it 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 mistook um, the side of a, a truck as a piece of sky because the sun was reflecting off it. <laughs> and it didn't see this object, and it smashed into it at high speed. It's tragic. Oh dear. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, teething problems, teething problems, but the, the, the implications of it are very interesting. The implications of more and more technology rapidly advancing um, are very widespread. They, they, they are obviously implications for your lifestyle I mean, how you actually behave and how you live. But it's quite profound, really, that if, if you are... Uh, talking to robots when, um, you know, you phone up your bank. We already talk to, you know, automatic voices. Yeah. And they they do voice recognition, you know, like, uh, can you tell me what you want to call about? Yeah. And you say, "Uh, my account, and they say, your account, is that right? Well, you know, obviously it drives everybody scatty because they'd much rather talk to a real human. They're rubbish, aren't but they? It, you, 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 yeah, but it but it's uh, it's very efficient for the bank, and they're closing. My own bank branch is going to close in May here. Um, you know, yeah. they say everybody's doing it online, and we don't need a branch. And so these are the kind of implications that shopping. Do you just stop having shops and have warehouses, and everything arrives? Uh, you just kind of order what you want. You don't go shopping anymore. Is that the way we want it? Probably not, but I think it'll be a trend. We've seen, you know, um, the Amazons of this world, the, the people who deliver to your home so efficiently, uh, expand fantastically fast. Yeah. And uh, it, it'll keep on going. So there's going to be more and more and more vans and maybe drones. I would think probably will have drones delivering stuff um, very quickly uh, within the day. Uh, when you order it up on your iPhone. Well, James has got an interesting theory about that whole Amazon drone thing. He thinks that Amazon just made that advert just to make themselves look good and to make it's people... It's a publicity stunt. Yeah. Make, make, them, make them look... Attract 
people's attention to Amazon, the brand, and to uh, to say, here we are at the cutting edge of technology, but it's not really there yet. Well, he's probably dead right, but the the uh, I think it will happen. The big thing about drones is the, the regulation. Nobody's quite sure what to do about them. And you keep on having these near misses with aircraft and stuff, which is horrific. So um, it'll have to get pretty tightly regulated, but I don't see why not. I, I think in certain you know, zones where there's no aircraft and there's plenty of those in cities you can see them taken off from the uh, warehouse they'll have technology to make sure they don't bump into each other and they zip to your door and come down and, and catapult the par- parcel onto your doorstep <laughs> I mean I don't see why that can't be what we'll, we'll be seeing within the next 10 years but I mean it just you know the way that these things go there are always problems and the, the, the room for error seems to be so high that if you you know if you take out the human you know humans are pretty clever i mean you know we make mistakes and things but we're able to make decisions uh, much more quickly than than computers i mean i still i still think we're quite a long way off being able to replace a postman well that's what i was saying about the social implications we don't really know where this is going to go i mean we already have you know everybody with their nose in their screen all the time and you know, human contact has been kind of slightly reduced. So we don't know whether it'll just continue that way or what. And the, the other stuff, other implication, of course, is about employment. If you um, if you keep on shutting shops and banks and things, what are the people going to do? Uh, if you have driverless cars, just think of all the jobs that would go, mm-hmm. um, all the people who rely on driving and, you know, all the associated things, maintenance, um, and all that. So, what kind of jobs will there be? We've we've seen big decline in traditional industries, and you know, like you know, car manufacturing, the number of jobs in it has dropped, and steel, and one thing or another, partly because of globalization. But I don't think it's you know immigrants stealing people's jobs; it's technology stealing people's jobs. Mm. It's going to be the big challenge. So, another thing about uh, driverless cars is the way that they'll affect traffic because. I saw a video, which I think I'm going to post on the page for this episode because it's really interesting. And it's about um, what causes traffic jams. Do you know how traffic jams happen? Well, I think they happen a lot of different ways, don't they? I mean, you know, if there's an incident and if there's an accident, suddenly there's a huge backup. Or the, the, this thing that, that the traffic news on the radio always calls sheer volume of traffic. Mm. And sheer vol- volume of traffic... Uh, normally means that the, you get this ripple effect where yeah. it's stop, start, stop, start. And then, you know, uh, everything, everything is just having a stop and then it goes for a bit and then it stops again. The, 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 the thing that this video said um, uh, was that uh, often traffic jams are caused by sort of nothing other than a driver slowing down a bit or even sort of coming to a stop. Maybe it could just be that uh, other traffic is feeding in at a certain point in the road, and that causes you know certain bits of slowdown. Now, what happens when one car slows down is all the other cars slow down behind it too and maybe stop, and then the car in front speeds up. But the, the, the speed at which the cars arrive at the back is quicker than the speed at which the cars are able to leave at the front. Yeah, that's I mean? the ripple effect. So yeah. this this stopped bit just ripples backwards all the way. Yeah, if 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 we were able to synchronize all the drivers so that they all accelerated at the same speed as the first driver, there would be no traffic jams. The tr- the traffic would be constantly moving, you know? And that's Absolutely true. Yeah, and absolutely that, and, true. And that's what a driverless cars will be able to do. They'll be able to synchronize with each other because they'll be in the same network and they'll be able to read each other's data and and so uh, there, there won't be these situations where, you know, we wait for all the drivers to, to speed up. And in fact, there will be no traffic lights anymore because they won't be necessary because uh, the, the, the driverless cars will communicate with each other and they'll be able to basically avoid each other. They're, they'll be cross, crossing over each other's paths and narrowly avoiding each other all the time, weaving in and out, not necessarily weaving in and out of each other, but timing it so that they intersect without, you know, the whole lane of traffic having to stop. And so it kind of makes me think, what will it be like to be inside one of these driverless cars when it's 
either weaving in and out of traffic or when other cars are passing by in front, behind and to the side so close, you know, that, that when the technology has got so good that the cars will be able to fly past each other, at, you know, very small distances apart, it'll be It'll be terrifying, won't it? You look out the window of these it cars. It sounds extremely futuristic, but I think yes, that that's well, I think, possible. I think, I think that's, that's where it's going to go. This metropolis vision, you know, the old science fiction films used to show these things seeming about. Um, it, I'm sure it will happen. Um, exactly how, I'm not sure. And the, I think that um, there will be driverless car routes specified routes yeah i hope that we it'll develop something that is as attractive as your own car the 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 thing is everybody likes their own car Mm -hmm. and um you often see you know huge traffic jams at commuter time when there's one person in each car yeah now this is not very logical but you could understand why they like to have their own car especially since they want to take it to their very own home and put it in their very own garage. Um, but the, you know, the, the logic of it is to say that there ought to be lots of little little pods um, going from one place to another, like buses do, and dropping you off close to where you live. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and, and also, I mean, if, for example, um, you're just in a car and you don't need to see outside, if you don't need to look through the windows to see what's going, because you don't need to look where you're going... That you know the the inside of this travel pod or whatever it it will be could become anything really. It, yeah, you it could, could have, be anything at all. You could, you could watch a movie or you could do your work. You, you have a workstation in there, and um, and you know you could have meetings and do all sorts of stuff. It could be a place for work. It could be a place for entertainment where you watch films or play games or whatever. Or it could be a place for relaxation and sort of Zen meditation. You know, the, it, it you could have breakfast in there. You get up, you get your clothes on, you get into your pod, and then you have a nice breakfast on the way to work. But the the car will 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 have a three D printer in it which will print your breakfast for you. you know, <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Thompson. Would you like a banana? You know. No, I'll have a full English, please. Would you like a full English breakfast, sir, as That'd usual? Nice. Would you like extra bacon, Mr. Thompson? You know, <laughs> and then it'll 3D print some perfect bacon, but with no carcinogens in it at all. You know, a fully genetically modified, made of, made of sort of pre-genetically uh, tampered, tofu or something it sounds vile it does doesn't it <laughs> yeah um yeah so we got driverless cars i mean they they are coming i think electric cars will will expand first mm-hmm. um but driverless cars are definitely coming or drive let's say driverless vehicles i think you're right about public transport systems i think they're going to pioneer it yeah um and you know what where the jobs will go i can't say but they let's hope that people uh, who are now being educated and getting into work uh, realise that they're going to have to be, um, they're going to try and be good at high-tech skills because there will be a big demand for people who understand computers, that's for sure. Software engineers and and Mm. programmers and so on. Um, But yeah, if driverless cars will certainly make a hell of a lot of people redundant, as you said, all of the associated jobs... um, Yes, but maybe they'll create jobs too, but it, it remains to be seen. There are drones we've talked about, virtual reality headsets. These are um, very common things, and in fact, uh, more and more people are buying them. You know, PlayStation 4 has a virtual reality headset. Uh, your Samsung mobile phone, you know, you can buy a virtual reality headset for that. Um, and um, they combine 360-degree video um, with uh, the immersion of a, a headset, and so you can basically be put right in the centre of a of a completely virtual world and more. It's, it's not just virtual reality, but also augmented. You, you've you've tried um, VR headsets. Haven't I you? haven't actually. I've never done. Oh. No, I've never had. Never tried a VR headset. Um, well, next time with your cousin who uh, works for the BBC, and ask him to lend you one. Yes, I'd like you to. Can, see what- you can actually get one from. Google card, you a cardboard one. Yeah, that's the basic um, version. Yeah, it only costs about 10, 10 euros or something, and you and it will. You have to obviously put your phone in it. It's a kind of a frame. Yeah, um, but um, apparently it works quite well, and and um, I, I quite like the idea of that. It, it 
the interactive nature I quite like, being able to kind of look to your right, look to your left and see what's around. But here's here's an idea, right? And this is already being done, that people are combining virtual reality headsets and, and, and virtual worlds with the tangible nature of the real world. Okay, so imagine this, that you're, that um, let's call it a sort of virtual playground, okay, is created where there are objects in this playground like there's a sort of a table and a tree and other objects okay and um the the designers create a virtual world which is mapped onto the um the the this real world so that in the virtual world you can touch this object and what you're seeing is an incredibly detailed tree and you can actually touch it because it's a real object uh, in front of you, although in fact the real object is just a simple column in this playground, but what you're seeing is either a, a, you know a tree or a Roman column or something like that. Do you see what I mean? That they can map yeah. the virtual world onto the physical world. Well, that this is obviously going to be mainly for leisure and for you know playing virtual games and and looking at movies in a new way and all that. Um, uh, I mean, here at home, we we can turn our heating on and off, um, you know, from the mobile phone. A lot of people could do that and set the temperature so that if you're out, you can decide to have the heating at a certain heat when you come in. Mm. Some people have got things where they can draw the curtains, electronic curtains, in the same way. Um, And it'll be be voice recognition next. You know, you'll just say to your device, uh, close the curtains. Um, and it'll recognise your voice and do it. Um, but imagine, and, you know, so you'll be able to boil the kettle. You can talk to your kettle. But imagine, say, if, imagine kettle, this. Kettle boil. Imagine this though. If you wear, put on a pair of glasses, in which have the internet, you know, in them. Let's say they are also a screen, and whatever you look at in your house can actually speak to you. Um, you, you know, for example, if you look at your kettle, you could decide that your kettle is going to be red today by pressing the red by choosing the kettle to be red because when you look at the kettle your glasses will augment it you know what i mean so it'll appear to be well, red to you yeah it and, sounds and a bit pointless that, that's, that's, point, <laughs> that's just an example that's obviously just a pointless example but you, yeah. you there are other things that can happen like for example you could walk around the town and um you know you could see information about the different things in the town or for example if you uh, are lost there'll be an arrow that you can see in front of you It'll just be there. You won't need to look down on your phone. The arrow will be hanging in the air right in front of you, and you just walk, mm. follow the arrow to where you need to go to. Those How are just weird. Yeah, they're simple. Well, I, I'm, I'm sure that people will will see it as very old fashioned in years to come. That people holding these things in their hand. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure that um, it's just a matter of time before something which is a development of the iWatch or something that's actually you know, on on your arm or something. It'll be right on your glasses, Dad. It'll yeah, just it be. It might be on your glasses. Yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be um, imprinted over the world as you see it. You know, like the way fighting. Yeah, I know, but you've got to be able to manipulate. You've got to be able to ask things. So it might just be that you have uh, something on your wrist which you tap a few things and it'll do what you want. I've got a student at school at the moment who works in nanotechnology. He's from India, and he's like a bit of a, a genius in nanotech and he was telling me about the potential for tapping into the neural network of the body and oh dear yep that's the, that's another next step is that you end up with biotech which is where you combine the human body with technology because ultimately the human body is um, you know commu- you could the, the brain communicates with the body through electrical signals and it's data, ultimately. The, the, the brain is a kind of computer. And okay, it, well, it, that's a bit beyond me. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the scientists will um, concentrate their attention on um, uh, solving the, all the horrible diseases that afflict us right. um, rather than uh, things that aren't particularly valuable. Well, the, well, well the, one of the things, Dad, about this is that you could use it to help treat people who need insulin. 
uh, diabetes. Well, that's, that's what I mean. There's all sorts of technology applications to healthcare. So, you know, let's hope they concentrate on that. Yeah, but uh, you, you could end up with a situation where you, you your watch is able to give your put insulin into your blood so that if you are diabetic, you don't need to inject yourself, sort of uh, do it automatically through your watch. Or it could even just be uh, a piece of technology implanted inside your own body. So you don't oh, even... Oh, yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> it sounds a bit <laughs> creepy and horrible. Well, we, we, we people who have got pacemakers and they've got, you right. know, um, things that start up your heart if it stops and, and uh, things that monitor you. So already we're, we're halfway there. And I'm all in favour of that. I think it's brilliant. Um, the, uh, the technology that is for you know, enhanced leisure experience seems to me to be okay. Um, but it's quite funny how suddenly uh, there's a great popularity for vinyl records, Yeah, uh, something tangible. Uh, it's not just nostalgia. People actually just like them. Right. And uh, it's the same with a few other things that uh, 3D cinema isn't universally popular. Um, yes, it's not. You know, you, once you've seen it, you think, well, did that help? Uh, it's a. It's, there's all sorts of reasons why people might say, actually, um, it's all very clever. But um, I, I'm I'm going to be uh, a little bit conservative about it. Um, it. It depends what it is, obviously. Mm. So there's some things that'll take off, some things that won't. Um, but the the interesting thing is that it's happening so quickly. Yeah, exponentially. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, we could bang on about this for forever. Yeah. We? Well, so, in 2017, we're going to see more and more technology in various areas, experiments happening uh, on all these areas we've talked about, and big and, and big companies also moving in on on these markets as they develop. You know, companies like Amazon and um, Google are currently investing massively in all this new technology so that they can they are attempting to predict the future in fact they're trying to write the future by sort of uh, creating expectation about these things like the dro- the Amazon drone advert is creating the expectation uh, for this service and then they are basically patenting all the technology um, so that they can then you know reap the benefits later when it becomes mainstream stuff they will be the ones who own all of the patents for drones and 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 contactless uh, payments and uh, and you know uh, driverless cars. So the big companies are also thinking about all of these things and taking steps to make sure that they are right at the heart of it from a business point of view in the future. So it's worth paying attention to what the big companies are doing because they they're mm. spending so much money in into trying to predict the future. But it's hard, isn't it? You can't can't really. Is it possible to predict the future? Do you think? Well, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, lots of people get it wrong. Famously, um, famously, economists are rotten at predicting the future. They, you know, the recent years they haven't got anything right about what's going to happen to the world economy. Yeah. They're just kind of guessing. Um, but in in terms of technology, I think you can see uh you know patterns emerging and the um as you say lots of big companies are investing a huge amount in r&d down the road from where i live uh, jaguar land rover are famous for it they they are they've got a huge technology center research center uh coming up with you know all the latest stuff and they're looking ahead 10 15 years yeah and did i read that the the, the car factory that donald trump said shouldn't shouldn't build another plant in was it general motors shouldn't build one in mexico mm-hmm. should build in the states i seem to think that it was to build electric cars as i recall which um was just a kind of an aside in the political argument uh but if in the in the united states which has been completely dependent on cheap uh gas mm-hmm. for so many years if they are suddenly realizing the electric cars are going to be popular in the future well they, they are going to be so we can predict that. I, I, I'll give you some predictions. Go on um, then. Go on then. Uh, predictions. Uh, to this evening. Yes. Um, you're going to have dinner. We have we have a cu- uh, the draw for the next round of the FA Cup. Right. The famous FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, the oldest cup competition in football, and um, everybody is in it. The little teams and the big teams are all in it together. Mm-hmm. So the draw is going to be tonight. See who plays who in the next round. So of course, if I predict somebody 
uh, unlikely to win the FA Cup, you'll be sure that they'll draw Chelsea away, and that'll be the that'll be that. But I would like to think that the FA Cup has thrown up some interesting winners over the years. So I'm going to predict that Leicester City will win the FA Cup. Oh, really? The year after they won the league by some amazing freak because they're a low-budget team that's never done anything and uh, they're down near the bottom of the Premiership this year. But I'm just going to say, why the hell they can they can still win the FA Cup? Well, on the uh, back on the back of the success that they had in the in the Premiership, um... well, well, they can't be a bad side if they did that. Mm. They they're not a big money side, and uh, you know that that was the romance of them winning the Premiership by several points. Um, the the uh, but you know predicting these things a bit mad because there's still you know 70 odd teams in the cup so it's <laughs> it's at very least a 70 to 1 chance i think accrington stanley will win the fa well, cup well that's a good one that's a good one that yeah. you, wouldn't it be amazing if you were right it would yeah well i'm not going to put money on it <laughs> um you should put money on leicester city winning the fa cup if you know put your well, money away I, I don't tend to bet it always seems to me to be a foolish thing to do yeah okay then uh so that's your that's your prediction for the fa cup any others what else premiership uh who's going to well, win the- i'll just hope that liverpool do it because i like liverpool a lot uh but chelsea's going to be a very difficult team to beat what about Arsenal? But I'll, I'll say Liverpool. Well, or it could be Arsenal, could be Manchester United even, but it uh, could be Man City. Could be but anyone, could I'll, I'll go for Liverpool. Liverpool, OK then. Um, fine. Um, great. You're making notes, are you? Yes. It's going to hold me to <laughs> ransom in May. Right. I am. We're going to see if this is true. What, what about the uh, European Champions League? Well, it's, you, it's, you know what? You predicted that right before. La- yeah. Last time you made a prediction about the Champions League, you were right. Um, was it Barcelona? Um, I th- no, was it, it was Real, Real Madrid? Real Madrid, I it think. It was Real Madrid, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, whoever Ronaldo is playing for will win it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, all right. Um, okay, good. I, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of other things going on this year that we've avoided, you know. Well, stuff. you can tell me who's going to win the French presidential election, Luke. Oh, that's a good one. Well, I actually uh, bumped into, since we were talking about meeting famous people, I didn't actually meet him, but we, just yesterday, we were walking outside um, going for a walk and we walked past um, Emmanuel Macron who is Macron who is um, one of the contenders for the uh, he's on the left of the spectrum isn't he socialist socialist yeah which probably means he can't win but um, how did he look did he look calm he looked confident he looked calm confident (laughs) and uh, as he walked down the steps of the Sacré-Cœur yesterday which is where we saw him um, he looked calm and confident, and uh, various young people were coming up to him uh, enthusiastically. Uh, I didn't hear what they were saying, but it looked like they were kind of going, "Oh, you, yeah, you're Emmanuel Macron, aren't you? Yeah, nice one." Um, and so, he's, apparently, so, he's got quite a lot of support so you, for young so people. Do you think he, he he could become president? It's, it's possible. Anything's possible. But it's, anything's it, possible. Um, uh, but we think Fillon, Fillon, Francois Fillon. Who Fillon is, is probably favourite, is he? He's the sort of right I'll predict wing. it's Fillon, not that I know anything about it. It's going to be between Fillon and Marine Le Pen, possibly. Um, uh, but yes, all eyes will be on, on France for the presidential elections this year. Uh, and, you know, the outcome of that could, you know, is, will be very symbolic for the future of Europe, won't it? Incredibly important. Incredibly yeah. important. I mean, if um, Marine Le Pen does become the president, she's promised to have a referendum on leaving the EU, and if they, she'd probably whip up enough support to do a Brexit, a Frexit, Frexit. <laughs> and um, if there was a Frexit, I think that would really mean the EU was in for, sort of falling to pieces. Really, yeah. If France leave, then it's it's bugger, France, isn't it? I mean, France. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. Let's- we will see. We will see. We will see, and um, and we'll hope that uh, we have a, a slightly better year than 2016, where lots of famous people died early, mm-hmm. and uh, we had. Um, you know, I am on the side that says the Brexit vote was a big mistake, and I'm the side that thinks Trump will be a terrible president. Uh, so we'll wait and see. We'll hope that tw- I'm wrong on the 2017. Everything's sweetness and light. 
Yeah, let's hope so. This is the year where everything goes right. Um, but, That's right. But who knows? But let's hopefully at least Leicester City will win the FA Cup and Liverpool. Absolutely, wouldn't that be fun? It, yes, and Liverpool will win the Premiership, and then you'll oh, be yes. proven right once and for all. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> thank you, Dad, for talking to me on the. It's podcast. very. It's a pleasure. I hope we haven't been too boring uh, talking about technology when we're not exactly experts. Oh no, we're not, are we? Uh, but no, um, just too... it's a it's, it's a very interesting period in in the development of um of everything i mean it's happening at great speed so we'll we'll watch with interest yes exactly okay well thanks for talking to me dad it's now time to go and have dinner okay have a nice dinner nice to talk to you bye for now bye-bye English. 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 So there you are. That was another episode with my dad. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I'd like to know what you think. Uh, What do you think about all of that? I'm sure that many of you have interesting things to add to this conversation. There's bound to be a lot of things that we missed, including things like chatbots, uh, Uberization, that's the way that the kind of the business model for Uber is going to be applied to lots of other things. So we're going to have an app in your phone that's going to, you know, help you deal with the shopping or help you deal with that, this and that. It's going to, everything's going to become like Uber or Airbnb, apparently. And also plenty of other things that I'm sure that we missed out. So get into the comments section to share your thoughts. Um, did you understand everything we said in this episode? There is a lot to be gained from the conversation in terms of vocabulary. Um, and taking part in the transcript collaboration is a way for you to focus on that. Um, you know, you, by just trying to just trying to transcribe stuff, you end up focusing on certain words that are new to you and guessing them. And it seems that what a lot of the transcribers are doing is using Google to help them. So, for example, you find uh, a, a bit where you're not sure if, the, if it's a, a certain word or not, and you type that word as you imagine it's spelt into Google and you see what happens. You kind of uh, search that word in dictionaries um, and use other little tricks and things like that to find out what this word is. And whenever you find a new word through this sort of detective process, when you find a new word, you can add it to your active vocabulary. The other way that the transcript collaboration can help with your vocabulary is that you try to transcribe your three-minute section, and when you've finished, other listeners will proofread what you've written, and they will add in words that you've missed or words that you've got wrong. So it's worth doing your three minutes and then letting other people proofread it and then checking it again to see the difference between what you understood and what other listeners have understood. And it's a way of sort of working together with other people to share your English, essentially. So whenever you notice um, sort of moments where uh, you've missed something or got something wrong, uh, then you can just make a note of that. And that's a way of like building your vocab bit by bit. Um, So I do recommend taking part in the transcript collaboration uh, and just go to my website and click transcripts. And probably the best thing to do is send an email to Antonio and you'll see his email address there. And he'll just put you on the mailing list for the transcription project. And that's just the best way to to get started. Or just leave a comment uh, on the transcription page saying something like, hello, my name is whatever. My name is Jose and I'd like to join the transcription team. Um, you know, here's my email address or something, and, and you'll you'll get you'll basically someone will talk to you, and someone will will kind of uh, bring you on board. Um, so do take part in the transcription project. Uh, there are other ways that I could um, help you deal with new language, like for example, perhaps I should do another episode of this podcast just focusing on the language that you heard in this episode because all of that technological language and also other little bits of natural English that came out in the conversation it's it would definitely be helpful to go through that with you again and sort of break it down and and help you learn it all Um, and I I often say that I often say things like oh maybe I should do an episode where I teach you all that stuff and then what happens is that I get sort of carried away by inspiration to do other episodes and and sort of the production line for my podcast is quite fast moving and 
often episodes get created, published, uh, people listen to them, and then, you know, a few weeks later, more and more episodes have arrived on top, and I've just sort of mentally moved on. So I don't often go back and revisit episodes and pull out language. I have done in the past in, in some episodes of the podcast, but I honestly think that would be a very fruitful thing to do, like go back into these conversations, because there may be a lot of things that you've missed. You don't even realize you've missed them, uh, certain things. Um, and I think it would be very beneficial to your English if I took you through it uh, bit by bit. Um, so every now and then I play around with this idea that I could create uh, a new area on my website where I publish um, supplementary learning materials. And that would probably be things like um, uh, extra MP3 files combined with PDF worksheets, which are based on specific episodes of the podcast. So I could build this library of, let's call them study packs. And uh, you can, you know, they would, you'd, you'd have to pay to access them. But if you're kind of interested in getting the most from this podcast, that could be an interesting way for me to branch out and start to kind of develop my website and all the services and maybe make a little bit of money through it. And it could be interesting for you to really sort of get, in a sense, like get uh, to, to, to have me hold your hand throughout the whole process and kind of give you bits of language and really allow you to make the most of every single episode of the podcast so you can eventually learn to speak English like me and my friends. So that's just an idea. I'm calling it the study pack project. I haven't actually done any of it. I've just sort of planned it out and kind of had the idea but never actually done it. But um, every now and then I mention it on the podcast and I sort of essentially I'm, I'm fishing for ideas and feedback on that idea. Um, study packs like an old, a whole area where you'd have a, a shopping basket and you can add different study packs into your shopping basket you'd have to pay not very much uh, to download them and then you could use them as study aids uh, for specific episodes of the podcast so for example for this one it would be me explaining a list of language and then you'd print off a, a pdf worksheet where you can actually practice using the language in a worksheet in a controlled way and you'd also get the answers to it that would be the study pack project. Just one idea. I'm actually working on another idea at this point, which is the, the Business English um, online course. So I can't work on too many things at the same time. There just aren't enough hours in the day. But anyway, it's an idea. So you can let me know what you think of that one. Um, let's see. Don't forget, uh, ladies and gents, to do these things. Don't forget to join the mailing list on my website, which I think might be the best way to stay in touch with me, really. Um, because uh, whenever I upload a new episode or some new content onto the website, you'll get a very simple email which will contain a link into your inbox. You click that link and it'll take you directly to the page for that episode where you'll get access to notes, transcripts, videos, um, the comments section uh, where you can read the comments of, of my listeners who are engaging in lively conversations now in the website. For example, episode 416, a recent episode, that's now got over 250 comments. So there's actual uh, conversation going on in the comments section of, of my website. And there are some very friendly, uh, chatty people there who will um, who'll be glad to meet uh, someone new. So get into the comments section and sort of uh, write some comments there. I think you'll find it's a very friendly place to be. Um, um, so join the mailing list. Um, also, I'm on Facebook. You could like the Facebook page for Luke's English Podcast. Just search Facebook for Luke's English Podcast. And I'm on Twitter, so you can just follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at English, um, at English Podcast. That's, that's me on Twitter. And if you're a ninja listener, hiding in the shadows, never actually coming out uh, and commenting or getting in touch with me in any way, if you are a ninja, and the vast majority of my audience seem to be ninjas, then I invite you to come forward and leave a comment on my website saying who you are and how you found the podcast, because I'd just like to know, uh, I just not, I just want to know who you are. I, d I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. I don't know why you're listening to my podcast. I'm, I'm assuming it's for, for the English, of course, and the delightful conversations. <laughs> but anyway, if you're a ninja, just, um, you know, jump down from your 
tree or whatever it is, wherever you're hiding, and leave a comment, and then you can disappear again into the shadows if you like. Anyway, thanks very much to those of you who have written comments on the website recently. It's good to hear from you and to know exactly who is out there downloading my episodes. Um, That's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. And as I said before, I look forward to reading your comments uh, in the comments section on the page for this episode. There'll be more podcasts coming soon, but for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.